are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Um, this evening I'll be sharing a few things with us and I believe it will be a great blessing to you in the name of Jesus. Help me tell someone, so we're moving from glory to glory. So we're moving from glory to glory. From faith to faith. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Is Jesus alive? Alright, so make some noise if Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse 16. In Romans 1, we're going to look at verse 16 and 17. You know, more than ever in the body of Christ, the believers need to know the scriptures for themselves. Amen. With the experiences that we've had where core beliefs of our faith have been attacked, questioned, more than ever, the believer in Christ Jesus must know the scriptures. Not just what you think it is, but what it actually says. You know, one of the ways that Satan, the Bible talked about putting on the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, put on the whole armor of God that you be able to stand against what the wiles of the devil. And one of the things spoken about is having your loins get about with truth. Praise God. That means you won't be ashamed. Glory to God. When the Bible talks about your loins, it's talking about your nakedness. Amen. Having your loins get about with truth. Throughout this convention, the Spirit of God is bringing you to that place where you are having your loins get about. With what? With the truth of God's word. You know the scriptures. So you are no more thrust to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It didn't say false doctrine. It just said wind of doctrine. Hallelujah. And that's why we're teaching God's word. So more than ever, we need to know the scriptures for ourselves. You know, um, someone was sharing with me some time back and trying to explain um, that sometimes the challenge believers have is we have some people genuinely love the Lord, but the desire for deep things and their desire for deep things, they spoil the shallow things. Amen. Amen. Are we together? And, and so because they are looking for something more, something deeper, something that even the Holy Spirit might not even know. Amen. Now, I've been saying this for some time. And for that desire, sometimes they destroy the fundamentals, the basics. No matter how far you go in education, if you forget your ABCDs and your one, two, three, fours, something is wrong. Amen. If you can't remember whether A comes before B or D comes before E, of what use is your PhD? Amen. Are you getting me? He <laughs> said it becomes DHP. Amen. <laughs> Upside down. So we have believers today that the challenge is in their search for deep things. 
they've lost the basics. Hallelujah. And we need to keep teaching those things for people to be grounded. Amen. Grounded. Alright? Very important. And the scriptures, you know, if you allow scriptures, interpret scriptures, you won't have problems. It's when you start trying to bring your own interpretation into the scripture, then you start having challenges. And it is very simple to understand the scriptures. Hallelujah. Alright? They have just basic principles of, let me call it Bible interpretation. First of all, it's important to just allow the Bible to say what it wants to say. Amen. Not what you want it to say. Glory to God. Are we together? Allow it to say what it, wants, what, what it is saying. Not what you want it to say. Let's, Romans 1, 16 and 17. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17 is where I want to focus on this evening. Let's read it together. I want to go. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. Of course, you know, Paul was quoting the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, when he mentioned the just shall live by faith. The New Testament actually is a commentary on the Old Testament. There will be no New Testament without an Old Testament. The validation that the New Testament has comes from the Old Testament. Amen. Are you listening to me? The validation, the authority, what makes the New Testament truth and gospel is because of the Old Testament. Are you with me? Very important. Now, so Paul was speaking about something very important. As a matter of fact, the entire book of Romans, what he was trying to communicate, the theme of Romans is the gospel. Hallelujah. I will say the gospel. That's the theme. He was talking about the gospel. If you start from Romans chapter 1 and you start reading, you find that what he was trying to explain is what this gospel really is. And it took 16 chapters or thereabout for him to explain. Praise God. So, here he shoots in verse 16. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Then he now explains that this gospel, hallelujah, of Christ, therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed. It means that without the gospel, you can never know the righteousness of God. That means if you know anything about the righteousness of God without hearing the gospel, that's not the righteousness of God. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. And then he said, he's not saying the righteousness is revealed. He's talking about the, the depth of revelation. It's from faith to faith. Hallelujah. Are we together? Now, but where I'm going to is this. More than ever, we need to understand what it means to be righteous. Amen. 
You know, in, in the book of Hebrews, when Paul was writing, and he began to talk about the things that needed, needed to be taught again, if you read from verse 12, he said, Wherefore we ought to be teachers, but we have need that won't teach us again. Everybody say again. Meaning it, it has been taught before. Then he started explaining what was really the core thing. So let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 5. I read my focus verse 13 and 14. But let's start from 12. Amen. 12. 12. For when for the time. And this applies to everyone here. You ought to be teachers. You have need that won't teach you again. Which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is what? Unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, um, let's go back to verse 13. If you look at this 13 verse, maybe in King James Version, because um, King James uses the language word of, it says the word of faith. Alright, it says the word of truth. Then it said here, the word of righteousness. Hallelujah. Okay? Um, in the way we communicate today, it would have said the message. Hallelujah. The message of righteousness. The message of faith. Amen. It will still be correct. But I want to read it to you from the amplified version. Okay? It says there, let's look at verse 13. Let's read together. I want to go. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness. Every time someone says there is a doctrine of righteousness. Say it again. There is a doctrine of righteousness. And then what he's implying here is that no believer should be inexperienced. Hallelujah. Unschooled, untrained in the doctrine of righteousness. It meant that there were folks that were in that situation where they were not experienced in the doctrine of righteousness. They were not schooled in the doctrine of righteousness. They were not skilled in the doctrine of righteousness. And in this generation, more than ever, we need believers to be schooled. Everybody say schooled. And we're not talking about going back to university. Amen? How are we schooled? In 2 Timothy 3, popular verse 16, it talks about all scripture. Hallelujah. It says all scripture is given by what? The inspiration of God. Let's look at it. And it says, and that all of scripture is profitable. For what? For doctrine. For reproof. For correction. For what? For instruction. There is training. Amen. In what? In righteousness. That means you need the scriptures to be schooled in righteousness. To be trained in righteousness. To be experienced in righteousness. It means you could be born again. Save, you know, you see, there's something about salvation and spiritual growth or maturity. You are, see, you can grow old without growing up. 
in Christ. Are you understanding me? You can grow old in Christ, but you didn't grow up. And the scripture is not telling us to grow old in Christ. It's telling us to grow up. Hallelujah. It's just like how you have someone that is a, is a pilot. And he says, I got my license as a pilot in the year 1999. That means he's been a pilot for how many years? 20 years. But since after he got his certificate, he has not been flying. Amen. But there's someone else that got his certificate in 2009. But since he got his certificate, maybe apart from three months in a year when he's on holiday, he's been flying every year. The man hours, the flight hours as they call it, has made this pilot with 10 years in the industry, but more flight hours, more of a pilot. Amen. Am I communicating? Than the one that had a certificate, but never flew. Amen. I believe that a lot of us as believers find ourselves in that kind of place. Amen. You know when I received Jesus Christ? In those days, amen. In those days where there, were no, there was no iPad. There were no electronic Bibles. Thank God for that. But how have you applied yourself? Amen. How have you applied yourself? How have you yielded and accepted to be trained, schooled, skilled in the doctrine of righteousness? You know, even in the Old Testament in Isaiah, in the 54th chapter, where he was saying, In righteousness shall you be established. Of course, we know that Isaiah 54 was projecting into the New Testament. Hallelujah. Alright? Your children shall be thought of the Lord, and grace shall be their peace. We are the products of what that scripture is talking about. Hallelujah. Then it says, in righteousness you shall be established. Now the question is this. You know, you could read your Bible every day. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And read, some of you like Lamentations. And read it every day. Amen. And still not be schooled in the doctrine of righteousness. That's why Paul said, this gospel, for therein, amen, is the righteousness of God what revealed. Righteousness has to be revealed. Amen. Are you listening to me? It has to be revealed. Now, Paul was explaining something. In Romans 10, he was speaking about the Jews. He said, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. Verse 1. But not according to knowledge. They said, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, have gone about to establish their own righteousness. So, they are ignorant. That means they don't have the revelation. Amen. Of righteousness. Are we together? But they are Jews. Put up verse 3. Thank you. Let's read it together. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about. Now, when you are ignorant of God's righteousness, you go about establishing your own. That's just what will happen. You will try to go about establish your own righteousness. And then he says, they have not submitted themselves unto what? The righteousness of God. Now, in this scripture, it makes me and you understand that we are supposed to submit ourselves to the righteousness of God. Thank God for all the definitions on righteousness. Sometimes I don't know if the definitions have helped us or they have hindered us. I don't know. But, you know, thank God for all the definitions of righteousness. 
But you see, it is important to recognize that without that understanding of righteousness, something surely will be missing in your walk with God. Hallelujah. Earlier on, I mentioned to you that the scripture said, putting on the armor of God. Then on the list of the armor, in verse 14, he said, having on the armor, the breastplate. He called it the breastplate of righteousness. It means it's a defense for you. Amen. The breastplate of righteousness. So if I don't know what it is, how do I know if it is on? Amen. Make you understand it was not a flippant statement that Paul just made because that statement was made in Ephesians 6. He made the statement again in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 7. He said, approving ourselves as ministers of God, he said several things, in patience, in tribulations, then he said, and with the arm of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Meaning, he understood that righteousness was an armor. Amen. Against the wiles of the devil. Glory to God. So, when Paul made a statement and said, in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed, he now had to go further from one chapter to the other, explaining. And so let's just follow it. We'll go as far as time will permit us. In chapter 3, chapter 1 is where he said, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written. The just shall live by faith. Then, in his argument, he got to chapter 3. We have to first know what it means not to be righteous. Amen. Glory to God. Based on Paul's explanation. For you to really appreciate what it means to be righteous. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah, very important. So, we look at verse 10 of Romans 3. And we'll just look at the statement he made. He starts talking about the general thing. Let's read together. I want to go. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Some of you like that scripture a lot. So when you hear a believer say, I'm the righteousness of God, Christ, I say, there is none righteous. No, not one. Amen. But read further. I'll read up to a point. Then he says, there is none that understand it. There is none that seeketh after God. He is explaining what it means to be on that side where you are not righteous. Amen. That means that in the judgment of God, you don't understand God. You, are, you say, no, I've been sick. I go to church every day. say, no, there is none that seeketh after God. It means it doesn't count. Amen. Are you listening to me? He says, there is none that seeketh after God. Then he said, they are all gone out of the way. They are together become what? unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Now listen, if you saw the people that this scripture was referring to, they might even be better than some of you here. Amen. In conduct. Amen. But this was the description. This is how God saw it. Amen. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre. Their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of apps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. 
We'll read up to 2021. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. You know sometimes where a sister will say, I want a God-fearing man. Amen. A God-fearing man. I don't know what that means. Amen. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may, what? may become guilty before God. Listen, it means that if someone is not righteous, he is guilty before God. Amen. 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 Have you seen where someone is trying to please or impress maybe his boss and the boss does not believe that anything he's doing is correct in the sense that, don't mind him. He said, but he's doing this, he said, don't mind him. He's a crook. The works on the outside look like the person is doing the right thing. But the judgment of the boss is that everything he's doing is wrong. Amen. He said, go back to my scripture verse, one we just read now. He says that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Did you get that? So, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Next verse. But now, so he wants to explain what the righteousness of God. Are you getting the point now? But now, everybody say, but now. But now. But now, the righteousness of God without the law, that's outside of the law, is manifested. Are you getting that? Is manifested. That now still applies now. Amen. Is what? Is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. It means that the Pentateuch spoke about it. The prophetic book spoke about it. Of course, the Psalms also spoke about it. So, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Now, follow me. We started from chapter 1. What I want to just show you in chapter 3 here is his explanation of what it means not to be righteous. Amen? That's why we read that whole portion from verse 10. Then he starts explaining what it means to be righteous. Hallelujah. From the fourth chapter. Are we together? Are you following me? Yeah. And then he cites Abraham. Glory to God. I won't have all the time to talk about that. I'll just pick a few things. And what he referred, what he meant, what he tried to communicate righteousness was the way he understood it. The way it was given to him by the Spirit of God. In Romans 4, maybe we'll pick from verse 8 or thereabouts. 7 or 8 will be good. Give me 6, so go down. Good. Then he starts by saying, even as David also. Now to him that walketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of death. Verse 5. 
But to him that walketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for what? For righteousness. Follow. Then he starts talking about David, verse 6. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. Pause. He referred to righteousness as a blessedness. Amen. Let me say blessedness. Are you getting it? The, that means that I don't know what word to use. Um, what he was referring to is the statement David made in Psalm 32. Hallelujah. So he said, David described the blessedness of the man upon whom God will impute righteousness without works. Verse 7. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Amen. Go further. Thank you. Then he said, cometh this blessedness. He's calling that righteousness without works a blessedness. Amen. Are you getting the point here? That's what he's referring to it as a blessedness. It means that where he's going to is that righteousness. Although when you get to chapter 5, he now explains that he calls it the gift of righteousness. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive of the abundance of grace and of what? The gift of righteousness. So he was explaining that this righteousness is conferred. Hallelujah. It's, um, it's not just the conferment of right standing. Uh, yeah, I know that. Right standing with God. But is permit me to use the language, is righthood. Amen. Amen. If there's something like that. Are we together? It means that righteousness is an authority that God has given to you. Not just to stand before Him. You know, most of the time when we talk about righteousness, we always talk about righteousness as it relates to our relationship with God. Amen. So, because of righteousness, we have boldness towards God. But the other part of righteousness is the authority to also stand against Satan. Amen. Amen. Are we together? So, it's not just a boldness to stand before God. It's also a boldness to confront, praise God, Satan and his works. Why will a believer have a challenge? I remember years back when we were still in the university, you know, you hear sisters say things like, um, uh, what do you call it now? Hostel. Then they say, I'm looking for fellow sisters to stay with me in the hostel. And I say, why, why are you looking for sisters? I don't want any witch in our room. And then you have believers that are afraid to cast out devils. They are afraid to confront anything that looks like darkness. Amen. It means they've not understood righteousness. Amen. When the proverb said the righteous is as bold, he's explaining that righteousness emboldens the believer. Are you understanding me? That means when you understand and you are established in righteousness, you will be bold. No, you didn't get it. The effect of righteousness is the boldness. Amen. The absence of that understanding of righteousness is the timidity. 
Amen. Yeah. So, righteousness is not just an authority, it's also an ability. Glory to God. What do I mean by that? When the Bible said, come at this blessedness. When the Bible talks about blessedness, it's talking about an empowerment. Amen. The blessing is an empowerment. Do you agree with me? It's an empowerment. So, righteousness is not just, you know, most of the time when the teaching on righteousness is given, we understand it from the aspect of our sins are forgiven, I'm right with God, and so on and so forth. But there is something else. There's an enablement that has come to our spirits because we are righteous. Amen. We have been made righteous. 7 Corinthians 5.21 We have been made righteous. Hallelujah. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Is that not so? Okay. But let me explain it this way. Any understanding of the doctrine of righteousness that only brings you to a place to declare you are righteous but it doesn't change your conduct has not arrived. Amen. Are we together? Now, to make you understand, Paul never thought righteousness as an isolated thing. And most of the epistles of Paul, after explaining who you are and what Christ had done, he also explained what you were expected to do. Amen. Amen. Always. All of the epistles. All of the epistles. So, Paul starts explaining from chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. When he gets to chapter 6, he starts telling you what to do. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Amen. He starts talking to the believer what to do. And then he starts explaining that empowerment that righteousness has brought into your life. In Romans 6, I think, let's look at verse 13. In verse 13, he says, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Now, if, if, if unrighteousness was related to sin, why do you think righteousness is not related to right living? Amen. Amen. Why, why would you think so? He now says, not, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but what? Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your your members, your body parts. Amen. Your eyes, your mind. Amen. Amen. As members of... As, sorry. And your members as what? Instruments. The word the instruments is talking about you t- tools. Amen. Tools of what? Of righteousness. So is your hand a tool of righteousness? Is your mouth a tool of righteousness? Are all your body parts tools of righteousness? Amen. He said, yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Am I communicating? So, righteousness is not just an authority, it's also an ability. Amen. How do we know that? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 and 34. Amen. (laughs) Now, here Paul was speaking. He said, be not deceived. You can't misunderstand what he was saying. Evil communications corrupt good... So what is he talking about? Good manners. Everybody say good manners. That's what he's talking about. Is that not so? Evil communication corrupts corrupt good manners. Then verse 34, which is our emphasis. Then he said, awake. To what? To righteousness and sin not. 
For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. It means that when you wake up to your, the conscience of righteousness, you will not sin. Amen. Amen. Are we together? So, you see, he said, awake. That means the cure for a life, so to speak, that is contrary to God's ways to awake to righteousness. To awake to righteousness. Say, I, I awake to righteousness. Say it again, I awake to righteousness. To what he has made me. Amen. Glory to God. I don't know where people got that theology from. Where someone said that, you know, as long as you're in this world, you will sin. The scripture didn't say so. Amen. The scripture didn't say so. It didn't say so. So he said, awake to righteousness and sin not. You see, if you don't allow the gospel reveal the righteousness of God to you, in your strength, you will try to work out what it is that the righteousness of God is. There's an Old Testament scripture, I believe it's Isaiah 64, thereabout, where it was talking about how our righteousness as filthy rags. Verse 6 or thereabout. Our righteousness as filthy rags. And what he meant by filthy rags are, what do you call it now? Menstrual um, pads. Are you understanding me? That's the righteousness of man. So he has given you his own. Amen. Say, I receive that righteousness. And I walk in the consciousness of that righteousness. Listen, righteousness is not just understanding that you have right standing with God. And yes, you have right standing with God. Even in the Old Testament, you know, there's a statement that we kept seeing Elijah make. When it got to prayer and praying effectual fervent prayer, the scripture began to explain to you the need for righteousness. He said the effectual, the part B of James 5.16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, amen, availeth much. That means that if a man doesn't understand righteousness, he already has a problem praying effectual fervent prayers. Amen. But he said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, the person that qualifies for that prayer is what? The righteous man. Amen. The man that has awakened to righteousness. His prayers will avail much. He now cited Elijah as an example. Amen. He said Elias was a man of like passion. But he prayed earnestly. Meaning that there's something Elijah understood about righteousness. Amen. Amen. At least that's what it was implying. Now, there's a statement that I saw consistent in the life of Elijah. You know, in 1 Kings 17 verse 1, when they introduced Elijah, the Tishbite, one of the things they said, um, go there. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand. I will say, before whom I stand. What was he talking about? Amen. Before whom I stand. Now, you know, when, most of the time when Bible figures make some statements, you follow through whether they made it again. Amen. And then I found out that he made the statement again. Somewhere in 1 Kings 18, um, 
Uh, maybe look at verse 5 or thereabouts. Let me see 5. 15. Give me 15 or thereabouts. I just hope I find it. Thank you. Let's read together. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. The one that stands before God. Amen. That he saw himself that way. Amen. Before whom I stand. Now, what amazed me was that Elisha also made the statement. Amen. That means there was something about that statement. You know, one of the things God said to the priests in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 18 or thereabout, He said, These priests have set them apart to stand and to minister to me. Amen. That means any other person that comes to stand there, no, no, no. I authorize these ones to stand and to minister to me. So Elisha made the same statement. Put up 2 Kings. Uh, third chapter, verse 14. Let's read together. Want to go? And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand. Amen. Glory to God. Thank God we can also stand. Say, let us therefore come boldly. Amen. What I'm trying to say is that there was some element of that understanding of righteousness I made him a man of prayer hallelujah listen to me without the understanding of righteousness you are limited in prayer you are limited in exercising your authority amen in Christ Jesus and walking in the fullness righteousness is a blessedness amen say it's a blessedness and thank God you didn't have to earn it. It was given to you. It's the gift of righteousness. It's not the reward of righteousness. Amen. Say righteousness is a gift. Say it's not a reward. It's a gift. Have you received that gift? Amen. It's a gift. Last scripture. 7 Corinthians 5.21 You know... It is important for the believer to be trained in the doctrine of righteousness so that you are not inexperienced. Just like the scripture we mentioned earlier. You are not inexperienced. Even pastors and ministers of the gospel, one of the major areas believers, you know, why will a believer get discouraged? Why does a minister get discouraged? Why? Are we together? Why? Why, does he come to, why do you come to the point where you start questioning whether God is with me? Is God answering my prayer? Is God happy with me? Is God not happy with me? God does not have mood swings. Amen. 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 Are we together? At that time, what Satan is doing, the Bible says that put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. What is he attacking? Satan has not changed his strategy. The same way he met Jesus and said, If thou be a son of God, he still meets you today and asks, if you, if you say you are a child of God, are you supposed to be having malaria? If you say you are a child of God, are you supposed to be broke? He has not changed. If thou be. That's what he came to do to Jesus. Imagine Jesus saying, It's true. It's true. If thou be the Son of God, 
command these stones to be buried. If he started commanding the stones, it meant he was not sure he was the son of God. What was Satan after? His identity. Amen. If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, are you the child of God? Are you the son of God? As the Reverend also said, are you the son of the landlord? Let nothing, let nothing ever shift that thought in your mind. It doesn't matter what's going on around. Tears might be coming. Like, I'm a child of God in the name of... You will still say I'm a child of God. Most of the time where they were whipping Jesus, they wanted him to say something else. Amen. They wanted, him, they wanted to catch him say something else. They said, I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. I, I'm just, see, I'm just one of the prophets. Are you understanding he said, do you say that? He said, you have said so. It's mine, still talking. Amen. They couldn't catch him say something else. Amen. Are you listening to me? In righteousness will be established. Glory to God. Listen, between now and the end of the year, challenges will come, but you will remember that you are the righteousness of God. You have on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate covers the vital organs. Amen. Once those things are tampered with, the person is finished. Amen. So, so you hear someone that has been born again for a long time after a while comes and say, Well, I don't know if all those things we believed were through. No, sir. You've not been trained in the doctrine of righteousness. Praise God. Your place with God does not change with a new government in power. Amen. No, it doesn't change. It will never change. Glory to God. I say it will never change. Let's read our last scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Let's read together. I want to go. For he had made him to be seen for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Let's read it one more time. For he had made him to be seen for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God? Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it again, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, there are some of you that confess the scripture. You don't even know where it is in the Bible. Amen. And that's why I'm showing it to you. You know, as a pastor, there's a great concern in my heart. We have come a long way as believers. And we might forget that we grew also. Amen. And so it's important to teach these things again and again. Lift your right and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's rise to our feet and just thank him for this evening. Just pray in tongues for a minute or two. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of the